welcome everybody. What day is it? We've had a busy week. At it has been a busy week. We had our partner appreciation lunch. We had our holiday get together yesterday. I'm like, today is Thursday. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Thursday. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. My name is Kaylee Garrido. I head up marketing and events here at Great Data Minds. Um, if you don't know us yet, then you, you sure will soon because Great Data Minds is a collective of passionate data activists and we are on a mission to modernize the world of data. Uh, we offer a full range of services from strategic planning to education and deployment of critical data projects. Uh, we also produ produce a whole bunch of great data related content. Um, so please check us out at greatdataminds.com to see what we are up to next. Um, before we get uh, started with today's wonderful discussion, just a little bit of housekeeping. This is a webinar, so everybody's cameras and microphones are all off, but we welcome um, and encourage you to use the chat and or the Q&A. We actually prefer chat because we've seen in the past, and Mike's already got it kicked off, I see. Um, we've seen in the past that different um, attendees can answer each other's questions as we're going through um, our session, but you can also use the Q&A uh, if you'd like. So, um, without any further ado, I would like to introduce you to our esteemed panelists today. Um, we have Patty Clower with us. Patty is the principal consultant at Global Data Strategy, and she sits on the leadership team at Future Capital. Uh, she's a longtime data guru and friend of Great Data Minds, and, and all of us here who uses her technical expertise to identify solutions to large-scale societal issues. And she is particularly passionate about exploring the power of our personal and collective attention and how through our attention, we create the systems that form the fabric of our society. This is big work, Patty. It's big. This is big. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited to um, hear your insights on the attention economy. And then the usual suspect, that we, I always have my partner in crime, Mr. Mike Lampa. He's our very hey, chief <laughs> analytics officer here at Great Data Minds. And we know Mike has built an amazing career working with enterprises to transform their analytics programs, both modernizing antiquated programs and building up best in class programs from the ground up. He brings decades of experience and he is, I don't know how to say that. I, I, want, I want to highlight the experience, but then yeah. You know, he's got all the experience, guys. That's what we're up to here. Um, and uh, as an ex executive analytics practitioner, experience on both sides of the desk, uh, the desk as a consultant and as well as an employee in uh, Global 100 Enterprises. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Kalia. Yeah, hey, Patty. Thank you, Kalia. Thank you, Mike. It's so good to be with you guys. Yeah. It's like old home week, right? I know. <laughs> I, the last time we were together, we we're sitting in a waiting room in, in some hospital waiting for our, our meeting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, know. I know. That's right. That's right. I was going to say we were having a bottle of wine sitting on Julie's couch or something. Or, or we had that too. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's so good. Good to see you again, Patty, and, and uh, visit with you a little bit. So thank you for joining us today. So what is this attention economy? What is this thing, Patty? Well, you know, it's so ubiquitous. We're all engaged in it all the time. And it's like we're, we're part of it and we don't even realize that we are. You know, so that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy that you invited me on to talk about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so when people refer to the attention economy, 
basically we're referring to the monetization of our attention when we're online. So for example, when you're on Google searching or on Facebook or Instagram, you know, even LinkedIn, you know, all of these um, social uh, media applications and search engines, basically they're collecting a vast amount of information about us. They monetize this information and they develop even more sophisticated algorithms and persuasion techniques to keep us clicking and scrolling and searching and sharing. And, um, and then, you know, that is the engine for um, basically selling us stuff and even, you know, just, just keeping us, uh, keeping our attention there, in there and with yeah. them, right? like hitting our endorphins or something, right? And well, there's so much um, work that's been done. Um, there's, there's courses at Stanford on persuasion techniques. Mm -hmm. And there's something called the big five traits uh, that they study. And they, it's, like, it's like people have you know, hundreds of data elements that represent I can talk about data with you guys. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Most of the time I have to, you know, you know, make this very high level. Uh -huh. There's just tons of data that's being collected. And it's not, and it's not just the personal, you know, demographics that we're used to. It's our behavioral data. Mm -hmm. So that's my biggest concern is our behavioral data is being collected and then um, we're being fed. And the intention is to influence our behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and without our knowing it, without so, our knowing it. So as I'm poking around in, in Facebook or whatever, I'm drawing attention or is it that is it that I'm I'm trying to draw attention or is it is it both ways? Well, you know, you're using Facebook for your purposes, right? Uh -huh, yeah. And part of what you're doing is you're liking certain things and not other things. Mm -hmm. You're posting certain photos and not other photos, or you're not posting photos at all. And that means something, right? So everything you do, how much time you spend, and everything you do is all you know, collected. It's, we know this from, we know this from uh, web, you know, web, analysis, right? Web log analysis. We, we started doing web log analysis back in the 2000s, right? To, for online marketing and stuff like that. But it's really accelerated into a very sophisticated, you know, uh, whole uh, process now. Yeah. And, and the ecosystem. And you mentioned monetizing before too. Um, so the attention that I'm creating about myself is being monetized. Yeah, interesting. Yep. So, are there like different aspects of the attention economy that we should yep. vis visit? Yeah, there's so many, but yeah. I would say the two giant primary things to think about are social media, mm -hmm. you know, which we know Facebook, Instagram, all that, and then online commerce, right? And so when you go online to search for something you might be interested in, or if you're just going online searching, um, you have uh, sort of ads or things being popped up to you, you know, unless you have a browser, like I, I use Brave and I kind of block a lot of that stuff. But, you know, so again, pointing, there are tools that can prevent some of this stuff when you start to become aware of it. But um, when you're in Facebook, you have ads being served up to you, right? 
um, that seem to be tailored to just, you know, what you want. A friend of mine was complaining about this the other day. She said she was talking to her son about making him banana waffles for his um, birthday. And um, she says within an hour, she was on her, she was on her, um, you know, tablet. And there were these recipes for banana waffles showing up in her, you know, in her world, in her, as she was searching or Facebook or whatever, which is crazy because she says, I never researched a banana waffle. I've been making banana waffles my whole life for my kids. You know, it's uh -huh. not kind of like, I'm not looking for recipes or ingredients. So I know how to do that, but there they were, you know, it's sort of, so it feels like there's this stealth, you know, um, kind of, um, stalking uh -huh. nature that's happening because they're capturing information about us and then stalking us online. And so that's one of the big things that I just, I, why I'm talking about it is I wanna flip that whole model so that um, advertising can be a force for good instead of you know this sense that we're being stalked. Yeah, well, and I think it was incubated to be a force for good at some point, right? In, in the early incarnation. You know, and you, you mentioned the, 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 uh, the waffles. I was having a discussion with my son the other day. And of course I got Alexa and some of this other stuff around my house or Sonos and right. And on my phone within about a half an hour, I got an ad for what we were talking about yeah. Yeah. while I was playing solitaire, which I love to do. That's my, my, my pastime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I found that to be kind of quite alarming. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. So, so well, imagine, so imagine the scenario um, walking down the street, in a city, you know, let's wherever you are, and mm -hmm. and your phone is pinging you that uh, one somebody in one of your private Facebook groups is in a Starbucks around the corner, right? Mm -hmm. Or that something that you searched online three days ago is on sale at you know a store just up the street, mm -hmm. right? Or you know, I mean, just there's there's. Uh, this capacity already exists yeah. and this is the idea of like this coming into your your attention well mm -hmm. some people i'll describe that scenario to them and some people say wow that is so cool i would love that right uh -huh. and then other people go oh my god they're horrified right. <laughs> they're absolutely horrified right and then there's some people in between saying oh kind of nice to know that it's 20% off this thing I've been looking for and I can just mm -hmm. walk in and get it and it's right there and that's convenient. Mm -hmm. So um, so really, I, I'm really seeing that there is a, a movement and a future for, for us if we navigate through the having awareness of it to kind of shift this and to give and, and to create a more of a person-centered paradigm rather mm -hmm. than businesses, you know, kind of extracting our attention as a raw resource for their manipulation to just push more product at us, which mm -hmm. is kind of the, if you think about our current economic model for the global economy, we're extracting raw resources out of the earth, you know, right. and, and using them. And we're, we're kind of destroying our planet you know, mm -hmm. in the process. So when we think about our attention being the thing being extracted, 
that's a little bit alarming. You know, a lot of people just don't realize that they go on and they, they thought that they were going online for one thing. And then two hours later, you know, and yeah. I'm sure we've all had that experience. I've had that experience, you know, right, right. and I'm yeah. even aware of it. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, those are the minutes and days and hours of our life. We only have so much attention and there's mm -hmm. tons of information. So people used to talk about, and I know you remember this, the big movement was the information economy, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's, you know, being data people, you know, we had, you know, our guaranteed jobs forever, right? Because right. it's managing yeah. information, but it's really, really information. There's just, it's ubiquitous. There's tons of information and actually even more disinformation. It's really more about our attention because that's a scarce resource. We only have so much attention and that's mm -hmm. what, what's all being, um, asked, you know, com competed for. Yeah, yeah, excellent, interesting. So, you know, you mentioned stock, and and, and it's got to be a scary time for parents, right? Um, um, I, I know when my boys were young, I, I tried to keep them away from gaming. You know, we didn't have the mobile phones now like we do now, but um, I'm watching young young children, one and two year olds, really navigating phones pretty well, right? And and uh, this this exploitation of my attention, this could be a kind of a scary thing for me as a grandparent now, or, or as a parent. So all this ecosystem built up and, and there's no policies in, in place, Patty, what, what's going on? Um, it's all self-regulated by the companies and companies are driven by growth, just like the rest of our economy, uh -huh. right? So that's one of the issues. Um, I, I just started a, a working group uh, it, that's working in, in cooperation with the United Nations to come up and there's, there's four pillars that we're focusing on. Um, the first one is the business model itself. This, what if, what if we, we switched out the word growth in a business model for reciprocity? Yeah. Meaning it's not about Facebook just getting more users and keeping users online more, but actually reciprocity. So all stakeholders involved have get benefit out of the experience and that can be a, that being applied to everything that we do in, in terms of business just switch out those two words and then and 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 that principle you know kind of going through everything so that's one thing is the business model number two is the technology infrastructure so technology has a point of view and um we are um we are we don't even realize it because we're just engaged with the technology, but the technology actually defines how we are, what our perspectives are and how we're engaging. And now with AI algorithms and things like that, it's even, even more ubiquitous. So yeah. we're exploring that. And then the third one is policies, as you were mentioning, and there are no, there people, Facebook has their own board to self-regulate themselves. There's no policies. So the first thing we're actually doing as part of our working group is uh, looking at uh, digital human rights, online human rights, like what, what would be a baseline framework to popularize across businesses and governments to just start to um, adhere to in terms of online human rights. And then, you know, I think that, that you know, there's a lot of, heuristics that we know just in our own field 
that we apply, you know, in terms of principles of governance and things like that. And there, all that needs to be looked at in a healthy way. So we're, we're starting to engage the UN. We're bringing people, all different types of stakeholders from business, advertising world, technology, activists, programmers, a lot of people together to have that conversation. That's awesome. Does this working group have a name yet? Have you kind of- It like, is, you know, it's it? the Future Capital Conscious Attention Economy Working Group. Oh my, <laughs> there's an Conscious. acronym for it, Conscious. <laughs> so, 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 you know, you were mentioning about your kids and let me yeah. just throw out a few statistics just to kind of give you some idea about this. Mm -hmm. um, there are 7.9 billion people in the world. Okay. And 4.39 billion internet users. So first wow. of all, half the world still doesn't have access to the internet. That just mm -hmm. indicates a, a level of, I mean, I'm living in Mexico and pretty much everyone has, almost everyone has a phone and except for the very poorest. So imagine. Uh -huh. um, so out of the 4.39 billion users, 4 billion of them are Google users. So they've huh. got almost a 90% penetration. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and then 2.89 billion people use Facebook. It's a big country. Yeah. All right. 2.8, wow. they're bigger than any country. They're bigger than any religion. They're really, you know, it's huge. That's so that's huge. why, um, so I use Facebook and I really like my feed and I like communicating mm -hmm. with my friends and, yeah. you know, doing that stuff. But, you know, um, if even 1% of the people using Facebook are harmed, are being stalked or are being, you know, that's a lot of people. It's still a lot of people. Right? Yeah. When you have a 2.89 billion people on Facebook. So that's important mm -hmm. to kind of give perspective. And then the other uh, statistic I'm gonna give you is 68% of all US adults are using um, social media. And 75% of all of them use it daily. Yeah. So it's just, it's really quite ubiquitous. And, um, you know, the thing about the kids, yeah. I was doing some research about this and people don't like to talk about this, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the biggest scary thing for parents and about the kids and stuff like that in it. And that is, um, uh, the uh, online pornography market. Mm -hmm. It's valued at 35 billion okay. worldwide. And the, um, the following percentages are children reported to be exposed to pornography. And that's 51% of 11 to 13 year olds, 66% of 14 to 15 year olds, and 79% of 16 to 17 year olds. Yeah. And the, the top, um, the most trafficked websites worldwide, the top 11 are porn sites. Okay, yep. So, you know, it's, you know, the, the social media uh, companies want to do, they want to do self-governance. They, through policy, privacy and policy, privacy policies to prevent, you know, direct censoring of material uh, that's deemed to be unfit or dangerous, but, uh, and most social platforms use the freedom of speech as an argument for following, for allowing this online content. And, um, but, 
I think that one of the things that we don't realize is they're looking at like cyberbullying as a technical issue rather than a human rights issue, right? It's a, it's a, it's a human rights issue. You, is wouldn't, you wouldn't tolerate that in your, in front of you in a, if it was happening in front of you, wouldn't tolerate somebody bullying a kid, mm -hmm. you know, right in front of you, would you? No. Right. So, so uh, you wouldn't, I mean, especially, you know, uh, pornography, but, but I mean, really it's, it's interesting because that's, so that's why we want to kind of tackle what is it, what does it mean? you know, in terms of um, to have some rights and respect and having people at the center of a conversation, uh, at the center of any focus of a business of, of whatever. And, and even the word consumer is kind of disgusting, right? It's like they're extracting, you're, you're a consumer, you're someone that we want to consume, you know, what we have. So, you know, I think yeah. that advertising could be a force for good if it's just flipped a little bit. And that's uh -huh. what we're trying to look at. Yeah, right? yeah. If, if, people, if we look at how can we benefit your life? How can we make your life better? How can this support you? How can this contribute to your well-being? How can we be more, you know, uh, have a more thriving, healthy, you know, life? You know, right. and if that's the attitude and that's the approach, then... Yeah, because we're sitting on, a, a, on a, an amazing platform. Um, if we can switch around the model, I like that approach that you're talking about. Get away from a growth model and have it be more, you know, human-centered or individual rights-centered. Well, um, and technology can affect that because think about it: blockchain um, in the future, like there's Web 3.0 and decentralized applications and all that coming up. And if we're in the future, we can put our identity on the blockchain. So we control our identity and the information that we're sharing on the blockchain. And then any vendor, business, company, whatever, can subscribe to us, mm -hmm. right? And we have control over that. That flips the whole paradigm into yeah. a person-centric model. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so imagine, wouldn't that be great if you're you're you just you're moving right now, Mike, all the work you have to do to change your address, you're right. all the banks and credit cards and all that stuff. It's such a pain in the ass. Everyone has that pain in the ass. Yeah. So imagine if all you did it was once in your blockchain and your your personal identity and then everyone subscribes to you mm -hmm. and that's it. So is that part of the basis of the of the working group? What what you guys are exploring? Possibly, it's it's some of the stuff I've been researching. Uh -huh. You know, there's a lot of different people do looking at different uh, aspects of this, and mm -hmm. we're 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 gathering the the thought leaders in these different spaces. Yeah. So I'm just kind of sharing some of the, yeah. the stuff that has been bubbling up that I think is really kind of exciting, especially because this is a data you know, world, you know, your audience are, are my people, you know, yeah. uh -huh. and, <laughs> so. and, and, and the, all those algorithms that you've been talking about, I mean, there are just a, a dark, you know, a wealth of, of machine learning based algorithms or, you know, artificial intelligence, if, if you prefer to use that phrase. Um, but every one of those algorithms had, has an intentional bias built into it. it That's was, right. It was built with an intent, and, uh, and right. with that intent comes a bias. So, 
I'm, I'm starting to pick up, Patty, you, you, you're not telling me to, you know, run away, get away from Facebook or anything like that. It's, it's like, we've got, we've got a capitalist-based society for the most part, which is built on growth. And as long as that's going to happen, we're just going to have to be aware and deal with this. Let's call it an opportunity as mm-hmm. opposed to a problem, right? Well, that's what I see it as. I mean, yeah. I really see because what we've de- seen demonstrated is the power of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's huge power and reach. But what if the intention was just shifted a little mm-hmm. bit to mm-hmm. empower, empower people, not to extract their attention, but to, you know, um, you know, uh, enhance their intention, enhance mm-hmm. their life through their attention online, right? Mm-hmm. What right. if their moments were enhancing them? So, you know, we've seen that unbridled growth, it's already, you know, our, our, our world economy is broken already, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it might not look like it in this second, but it's broken. Mm-hmm. Unbridled growth is unsustainable and we are chewing up our, all our resources. It's just, it's unsustainable. So mm-hmm. we know that's happening. Unbridled growth in the attention economy world is, is basically going after the moments and days and hours of our own lives, of our mm-hmm. own attention, mm-hmm. of our own experience. Okay, so that uh, there's the social media aspect of the attention economy, and it feels like you, you just bridged into a little bit of the business perspective too. Yeah. Um, so how do we change the model to get to some kind of a win-win-win-win-win? <laughs> well, you know, first of all, just being aware, right? Uh-huh. When you're online and you have, um, and you're online with something that has a recommendation engine, right? Mm-hmm. Be aware of what's being recommended, mm-hmm. right? What's being recommended to you? Um, when you, uh, you know, there are, you know, like you were just saying, you know, suddenly you were being recommended a, an advertising for something that you were just having a conversation with someone about. That's kind yeah. of, you know. That kind of spooked me because, yeah. you know, something listened to me. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So, and so, so if you, you know, we have a lot of uh, power in how we choose to use our attention. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the fourth pillar of the working group is attention literacy or attention education. And that's the oh, one that's yeah. near and dear to my heart because we can, we have the power to choose. We are, the power is in our hands because we can choose how, how we're pay, paying attention, right? Mm-hmm. We pay attention. That's even in our the idioms of the language that we use is the recognition of the value of our attention. Huh. And so, when 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 we go um, online and we are, um, you know, there are certain brands. There's a we're working with. A, I'm working with a guy and uh, personally on our working group who happens to work for a large advertising company who wants to shift their whole model to be called sustainable advertising, where they are working with their clients, the big brands, and influencing them to do um, advertising campaigns that build trust through actually adding value into their lives through their products, rather than trying to stock them to manipulate them into buying their products, right? And, you know, so becoming aware of the, um, the companies that really are trying to do a good job with, mm-hmm. with um, what they're doing and supporting them, you know, supporting yep. them with your, your pocketbook, 
that's one way. Becoming aware when you're online, how, how much time you're spending and are you spending more time than you want? You know, I always tell, I have, student, I have students I'm teaching around some of this stuff and I always tell them before you go online, actually think about where, what do I want? Why am I here? What am I doing? And really write it down because it's easy to get lost and write yeah. it down, have a clear intention about what you wanna do because otherwise, you know, an hour later, you've just been sort of cruising around and not that that's a bad thing. I love to do that. I've had a lot of, you know, I call them, you know, internet, the internet Oracle, you know, serendipity, mm -hmm. something shows up that I didn't know, you know, that kind of showed up online. So I'm not, I'm not dissing anything. I'm just want to kind of expose what's happening, what the system is, bring awareness to it so we can have more agency you know, more sovereignty over our own attention and how we choose to engage online. Right. Yeah, so and then a, awareness yeah. as programmers, obviously awareness, mm -hmm. you know, um, I mean, uh, Sophie Zhang was a um, Facebook programmer, you know, who was a whistleblower. Uh -huh. um, and because she was watching how, you know, what, how certain algorithms were, being misused mm -hmm. you know how through facebook and bringing that awareness forward wasn't getting the attention that it really needed so mm -hmm. when misuse happens or if you're asked to program something in a certain way just like you wouldn't allow you know uh somebody to abuse someone in front of you on the street why would you you know program something that you could tell would would be not you know, a positive thing for the people using that algorithm, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So we don't have so very good models yet that to to uh, apply to those, and that's what uh, one organization we're working with is trying to come up with the with actual heuristics and models to help us, you know, judge things like that, so that yeah. we can be better at that. Kind of the the model model. Mm -hmm. <laughs> running algorithms on the algorithms and i am aware that there is um different pockets of of um, bills being put forward or that are being authored around accountability for our algorithm um, um our algorithms you know so i think it's the algorithm accountability act that's being proposed ah, um yeah, yeah. Well, um, one of the things, though, we're data people, right? So uh, they might be talking about the algorithms, but what about the data they're, they're collecting exactly. from the algorithms, mm -hmm. right? Those who are already stored, are they asking them to be accountable for that, right? You're supposed to be ethical with the data you use, yeah, but you know, well, put, put you a know, definition around that, yeah? It's interesting. Yeah. If you look at the frameworks and models in, in the United States, it's private, the private industry or private business really has control, right, of all of that. In Europe, it's it's people, right? It's people have control. It's more of a different framework that they're uh, that they're fo focusing on. And then, like in China, it's an authoritarian government that has control, right? Yeah. So these are three very very different approaches, you know, in terms of yeah. privacy, data, and data ownership, and things yeah. like that. So I'm a, I need to be more aware of myself and my my interaction, right? Um, is there any kind of intentional intentionality awareness that I need to have too? Like, you know, be more intentional with the kind of attention I'm drawing or producing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's that could be a whole another 
conversation uh -huh. uh, or or a webinar on that which uh -huh. i would love to do sometime what i teach uh, i teach uh, uh, a few simple mindfulness exercises okay that bring our awareness back into the body and and focus right in different ways so um i teach something called the slider of attention so you can uh, bring your attention in your body through maybe doing deep breaths, you know, et cetera, just to kind of land yourself out of your brain and the, mm -hmm. the thinking into your body and just experiencing yourself. And then doing a very laser focus, open-eyed focus, you know, out in the, in the distance, you know, pick a point and just focus really hard on that and keep your attention there. And when it wanders off, bring it right back. You know, that, that develops that muscle of focus. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel what that feels like, and then when you feel what it feels like to have your attention just relaxed in your body. And then there's a whole world in between, which I call the slider of awareness, where you can just slide it in and back and forth to where you need it to be. Because most of the time we're not aware, we just kind of go out of ourselves and we're in, walking around in our heads and our thoughts and we're not really aware of our body. But if you start with your body and then just release a little bit of attention for whatever you need and start kind of um, experimenting with how much do I tension do I need to release from my body, from my presence for this exercise? Oh, maybe only this much. Or how much do I need to release for that exercise? You know, and just kind of look at it like a slider. Like if you are a listener of this webinar right now, you can have most of your attention aware in your body and you can be relaxed and you can feel your, your body and you can be really present and listening. And then maybe you have released a little bit of attention to hear our voices and to follow the conversation. And then to think about how this relates to things in your life right but that's a little bit more um that's less awareness that needs to be released than let's say the three of us because we're presenting right so we have we have to focus more and make sure that we're articulate and that we're explaining things and that you know so i have to have more attention released out for you does that make sense yeah so if you go yeah. online right so you go online, if you start inside your body and how you're feeling, then you go online and then you start to interact with stuff. If you have an intention, you just release enough attention to start interacting. And then if you start, notice you're getting triggered or grabbed by somebody's comment or something that you read over there. And then pretty soon you're just kind of like, gone, you know, <laughs> boom, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. right? So it's just, that's a little tool. That's a little yeah. awareness tool, attention tool. Yeah, yeah. The mindfulness, I love that. And, um, and, and the other thing is understand what's happening with my attention data bits. Yeah. Right. Right. And I Be think curious it, about that, right? Be curious, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's not only aware. I, I love what you just said there. Be more curious about it. You know, what's really happening with my stuff? What's happening mm -hmm. with my kids' stuff? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about uh, the, the working group and the outcomes of that. Oh, man. Um, this is a huge conversation. So we can have some more conversations in the future. And we're definitely going to be exploring some really um, interesting technical stuff mm -hmm. about, about the data, you know, and uh, AI algorithm impact, mm -hmm. um, you know, over the next year. So we'd love to come back and talk more about it.
I, I definitely want to hear more about it. So uh, are there any, Mel, can you point anybody to some, some resources around building up their attention literacy? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Probably the best resource and the easiest one um, available is the Center for Humane Tech. And it's okay. called, I think the website is humanetech.com. Okay. And this is the website set up by Tristan Harris. You may have heard of him. He's the guy who um, produced The Social Dilemma you know, that documentary mm -hmm. about, you know, social media and this whole topic, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so he produced that, that um, documentary and, and set up a, a nonprofit, the Center for Humane Tech. And so mm -hmm. it's really the intersection of, you know, what we're talking about right now. And there's classes for programmers about um about bias and those assumptions and things like that so you can and they're they're really actively trying to create an ecosystem of individuals especially in the tech world who have awareness about this and are you know want to actively you know support a more healthy online world and you know let's face it there's the metaverse there's lots of things coming you know uh you know i read william gibson you know back in the 80s and now it seems to be happening so it's it's time to kind of up the game of you know making sure that people are safe um i one of the members of our working group started the oasis consortium which is about online safety and uh, for people in the future so the internet is a safe place in mm -hmm. the future um and then again i was mentioning the io foundation that's some people who are you know uh, advocating for a digital digital you know rights human rights mm -hmm. and and we have others many others that we're working with but i would say the number one resource is humanetech.com humane tech. all right cool and kaylee just slapped it into the chat uh, box for everybody that's online so uh, patty phenomenal work uh, i mean i just love it i love the heart and the good that is going to come out of um this movement and it needs to be a movement and it needs to be shouted out so that people are, are aware of it i think what do you well, think that's, that i really appreciate you having me on to talk about it because what i want to encourage the listeners to do is you know please talk to your family about it talk to your friends about it ask you know think, be curious about what this is because this is our own attention our own awareness this is us now we're the product mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. when you're not paying for something like we don't pay for facebook we don't pay for google we don't pay for all these mm -hmm. things then you're the product mm -hmm. right so what does that mean right yep. mm -hmm. what does that mean so just be curious about it uh, you know we have a lot of we have a lot of capacity we have a lot of you know um ability to make a difference when we have awareness first we have to have awareness though before we can do anything so so beautiful thank you patty i want thank to you. i want to visit with you again yeah, yeah it's awesome come you visit know, me in mexico yeah <laughs> we'll yeah, do I it in come. person <laughs> yeah we'll sit and listen to those pretty birds out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so beautiful thank you again patty i don't know if we had any questions or observations from the panel or the participants Kelly? Yeah, I, have, I haven't seen any come through. If anybody has a question, this is a great time to um, put it into the chat. Um, but I mean, this is it's a great conversation, Patty. And as a mom of a teenage son and a, and a five year old little girl, like it is a 
we are walking a tightrope, you know, because you can't, I, I don't know from my, at least for my 16 year old, it's very difficult. You can't just like carte blanche, turn it off or mm -mm. not allow it, especially during times like COVID. That's the only point of connection that these young social beings had. But at the same time, it's very, there's so much to unpack there. So it's, mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful work that you're doing. So I think educating kids is going to be one of the most important things because they they're they're digital beings. Yeah, they're they were born and came right into this world. We we had, you know, we, we had a before. Yeah, we had punch cars at one point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it looks like Patty's um, audio froze and video. Oh. Uh -oh. Yeah, I think she's right. Educating the kids is like, it's, it's so important. And, and at the same time, we need people like Patty that are going to educate the parents because like yes. I said, we're trying our best too. And this is new for everybody. We're all the guinea pig generation here. So I think Patty and the work that she's doing is just is phenomenal because we all need a little bit of help with it. Yeah, and I love that the, the, the work is happening through uh, the World Health Organization. That's huge, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll leave it at that because I don't yep. see any questions you. And Patty froze, but she froze on a good face. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's like mid sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you everybody so much for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, everyone. Have a great afternoon. Bye bye. Bye bye.